This morning's message is counting on God. You can count on God. And um, there are very few things that we, um, I think we can count on. There are, you can't count on the weather. <laughs> you, you can't count on people. You try, and you know, people do their best, and, and we fail, because we're going to come up short with certain things, and certain, uh, you know, you try to be on time, <laughs> and some people can never be on time, and some are always on time, but you can never, you know, it just sometimes things can happen, whether it's intentional or unintentional. There are just things in life that, that happen. It's like one individual used the illustration. He said, if you knew that Saturday morning you had to be a certain place at 10 o'clock and your life and the life of your family depended upon it, would you be there? And the guy, and the guy would say, well, you know, of the weather and the, you know, don't run into an accident and whatever. He says, no, if everything that you own and possess in this life, a mental, emotional, physical, whatever, your home, your land, everything depended on you being there at 10 o'clock, would you be there? And, and the guy says, well, you know, he says, well, 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 you know. <laughs> and the person who's presenting it says, if everything you possessed would depend upon it, you would go the night before, you would go the day before, you would stay at the place, you would stay overnight at the place, you would do everything you could to be there so that, you, you know, you could be counted on to be there at that moment to take care of all these things in our lives. So, the analogy is that if it, if it means that much to us, we will do heaven and earth to get there to, to take care of it. Well, God has already established all of these things for us, that we can count on God for salvation. We can count on God for saving us from our sins. And the first scripture is in Titus chapter 2, beginning at verse 11 through verse 14, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So as we begin to think about God, you can count upon God, God, had, God by his grace to forgive is appeared to all men. So there is no one, either by his spirit, either by the word, either by conscience, either in some way or another, by nature, God has appeared to all men in some way that there is salvation. And it teaches us to say no to the ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. You see, <clears throat> everything that we possess in God, we have strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow. A bright hope for tomorrow? You see, our relationship with God is based upon hope. And hope is, you know, like Jesus is returning. One day we're going to be in heaven, and one day everything of this, of this earth is going to be destroyed and passed away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So the heaven and earth are going to go disappear, but what's going to happen? We're going to be with God in heaven. And we have this blessed hope. Now, we are one day closer than we were yesterday. Oh, that's pretty smart, Pastor. <laughs> but you know, he wrote this, this was written some 2,000 years ago, maybe a little longer, maybe a little shorter. Somewhere in that time period, this was written, and guess what? They, we are one day shorter today than we were yesterday, and we are closer today than they were when this was written. 
And the, the point is that we always have hope. We are people of hope, that we are looking forward to something. And if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, it doesn't mean that our hope was in vain. Abraham had a promise to his to himself and to his family and to his descendants that he would be as numerous as the stars and he didn't even have one child. <laughs> so he had a hope of what God was going to do in the future and he had this hope for many num- numbers of years until he was too old to even have a child and his wife was too old to have a child and he still had this hope. You see, so hope isn't based upon what we see. Hope isn't based upon what we know. And, and, and their knowledge of life and, the, you know, the events of life. God is greater than all of these things, and so God is calling upon us to have hope and that we see and, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. God wants us to live a life of hope, and that means that our expectations, our godly life, our godly living is going to um, be a directional sign for people who are lost. That our godliness in this present age, that our, our um, passion of life would not be after this world, but after God. And in that passion and in that world that we live, we would live in such a way that we would be a road sign, you know, coming down... Um, 219, yesterday, we needed to stop uh, by the dump, by where the dump pile is there, um, the, the, where they, the garbage dump is. And so we were coming down, and there's all of these arrows and a big sign, go to the, you know, go everybody to the left-hand lane, right-hand lane, close. So I pulled over to the guardrail in front of the beginning of those signs. And I'm thinking, there's signs up the road, that says, right lane closed. A little closer, there's right lane closed. And a little closer, there's right lane closed with this flashing arrow, move over. And we're parked off of the road and almost to the guardrails and right at the very beginning of one of those cones. And there's a guy coming down the road in a motorhome, <laughs> and he's in the right-hand lane, and he's not moving over. And I'm thinking, he's going to hit us. You know, I'm sitting there, and Rhonda's out taking care of Jack. He has a, had an issue with the seatbelt, and I thought this is the safest place of all to pull over because there's road signs, there's, there's cones. Everything says, get out of the right-hand lane. And there's this guy, and he is flying down the hill in this motorhome, and there's nobody in the left-hand lane. And he doesn't move over. And I'm going, God... You better make this guy aware <laughs> that if he doesn't change, something's going to happen. And all, about 100 yards, maybe, or 200 yards from where we were at, he, t- he moved over, just like, oh, woke up. <laughs> moved into the left-hand lane and just was barreling down the hill. I'm thinking, thank you, Lord, <laughs> because he wasn't paying attention. But we always, in our own lives, God is giving us direction but sometimes we're not paying attention. God is uh, putting up these road signs, pay attention, move over, move to the left, move to the right, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. He's telling us what to do. (laughs) That's a little cheer. Okay, but um, 
So we see our life in this, in, this, in this place that we're living, and it's a beginning. It's a new beginning. Every day is a new beginning. It's a, it's a one day closer to heaven than we were yesterday. It's a one day closer to the answer to our prayers than it was yesterday. It's a one day closer to the fulfillment of God's promise in our life than we had yesterday. And I like the story of how that Mary and Martha, you know, Martha had the promise that she would have a son, and her, you know, and, and her husband, uh, Zechariah, that, you know, he went, couldn't speak. <laughs> you know, he couldn't contradict it, and he was, he was unable to speak. And Mary had uh, conceived uh, by, by the Holy Spirit, and she went to, and the Holy Spirit told her that your cousin Elizabeth has, has conceived, and that you need to go and visit her. And so when she arrives at the door of her cousin Elizabeth, and Mary greets Elizabeth. What happens to the baby? Jumps in her womb. Okay? Comes alive, you know, kicking and jumping around. And wahoo, come to life as it were. And I think it's like that in our lives. Whenever we hear a promise from God, when we hear about God doing things, miraculous things, something inside of us just comes to life. Something inside of us says, wow, that's really good. And, now, and we'll try and cancel that. Well, you know, if you were really humble, you wouldn't want that. <laughs> you know that if God can do that for other people, but he just doesn't have that in mind for you. Then why did it kind of jump inside of us? <laughs> why did the Spirit cause that to be quickened inside of our lives? Because it's the Spirit quickening those promises to our life that helps us see that God, what God is about and what God wants to do for us and do in our lives and through our lives. So, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own. You see, God gave himself to us, for us, to redeem us from all wickedness. Wickedness has no place in our lives. When we allow it even to get a faint foothold or a flickering, (laughs) that the Spirit kind of comes and sets up a guard and says, no, that's not for you. That that's not part of who you are. Don't go that direction. Move over. (laughs) Get out of that lane. Get in the other lane. Move away from those things. And see, that's the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And what is he doing? He's creating something new every day. Every day, the promises of God are renewed. As the sun comes up and goes down every night, that the promises of God are renewed every day. Every day, we are reminded of the goodness of God, the provision of God, the hope that we have in our lives. And you see, and, and, and we are, and what does it say here? He has cre- purified for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Hmm? Eager to do what is good. God, we can count on God to put inside of us desires to do the good. Hmm. To do good. The desire to do good. And as we start looking for people to do good, too, we'll find opportunities. And what we are doing is planting seeds in people's lives. You know, I, I, I think of where we are at here as a church, you know, we look around and I say, you know what I think? 
I think this is a new beginning. I think this is a new beginning because God all along through the years has always had a time of kind of changing directions, moving over, re- moving over, moving into another lane. You know, it isn't that we're on the wrong highway. It's just that we need to move into another lane because something else is going to happen. Something else is going on in our life. And this is a new beginning. It's a new beginning for all of us. It's a new beginning where God is going to bring to life the hope that is inside of us and we'll see the good that we can do in, the other, in other people's lives. Now, we don't want to be like the little boy, little boy scout. He was, saw this older lady on the other side of the street, so he goes to help her across, and the whole way across, she's beating him with his purse. And to get him to the other side, and the boy scout finally says, ma'am, I was just helping you across the street. And she says, but I didn't want to go across the street. <laughs> so, there, you know, there are things that we, we, we think that people need and they may not want, so don't give it to them, okay? That's okay. And so we're not going to do good to people who don't want it. We're going to do good <laughs> to people who want, who need, who have this need in their life, all along pointing them to Jesus Christ. All along saying, you know what? God has a plan for your life. Because when we tell people that God has a plan for your life, something jumps inside of them. Just as the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumped when Mary greeted her, whenever we tell people God has a plan for your life and God wants to do and to work that plan in your life, inside of them will jump that spirit, that quickening power of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter where they are, doesn't matter if they're a drug user, a biker, a prostitute, doesn't matter what it is that we look at people and we just tell them out of the depths of our heart, you know what? God has a plan for you. I just know it. And you know what? God will bring that to our mind to tell people and put it in their hearts and God will do the rest. (laughs) God will do the rest because God has a plan for every person's life. God has a plan for every person's life. It is not the will of God that any should perish. It is not the will of God that any should end up separated from him for eternity or even in this life. God has a plan for you. God has a new beginning for you. Well, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know. God knows, and he has a plan for you. God knows what's the best for your life. God knows where you're going to be at tomorrow. He knows what decisions you have to make today, and he wants to bring that into your life today so that we have a bright hope for tomorrow. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 4, it says, But because of this great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. So it starts off with God who has a great love for us. Okay? Great love for us. Now, it's hard for us to... Um, comprehend that because most of the time we look at things and we say well I didn't do anything for them to love me (laughs) that's not what God is saying God loves you even before you were born he loved you even before you even knew he loved you he loved you (laughs) see so for God and because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy So he looks at us with mercy. 
unmerited favor. You don't have to earn it. I'm going to give this to you. I am going to deposit $1 million in each of your savings accounts today. I'm not doing that, but I was just using this illustration. <laughs> and what we was, what I, you'd say, well, I, I didn't do anything to deserve that. Well, you know what? You showed up. Because you showed up, this is what you get. And, and I, well, you'd say, well, <laughs> I don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay taxes on it. You don't even have to give it back. It's, it's there. Deposit it in your account. To spend any way you want, to deposit in other people's lives. And you see, we, we think, well, I didn't deserve it. I, you, know, <laughs> you know, maybe just 500, not a, not a million, you know. But you see, we can't control the amount. We can only control the use of it. You see, the amount is made by God. It's made up by God himself, deposited into our lives so that we can make deposits into the lives of others. It isn't for us to sit on and say, let's, let's get some interest on this. I'm not using this. If I keep in the bank, I can build bigger banks and I can have bigger barns and I can have bigger accounts. We just lost it all. <laughs> we will lose it all. But whenever we see that it's deposited into our lives so that we can deposit into the lives of, other, lives of others, it's going to make a big difference. So, no, I am not depositing a million dollars in everyone's life account. Now, if you need a dollar, <laughs> I can give you a dollar to deposit in your account. But you see, the idea is that we are, God has made a deposit into our accounts because he is rich in mercy. He is rich in mercy and made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. Here's the great part. While you were still dead in your transgressions, God's intention his, was, had already made you alive. You just haven't arrived there yet. That's what I like about this. That God has already made us alive and those who are lost just haven't arrived there yet. So God has a work for us, and you see, like, God has all this he wants to deposit in our lives, and we just haven't got there yet to receive it. Because we need to come around in our thinking and in our faith and our belief that, and, and our understanding that we're not going to use this just for us, just for me, that when I realize that God is going to honor my gifts as seed sown, into the soil of people's lives and in the seed of the kingdom of God, that God is going to reap a harvest in our lives, and that whenever we get to that point of harvest time, you know, here we are harvesting corn. I love harvest time. I love, I love watching, you know, go along, and I see all the fields just cut off with the corn. I think of all that corn that's in people's silos and, and pits and stuff, and it makes me excited, huh? Must be stupid, huh? Uh, <laughs> foolish. <laughs> but I like that because here, we, here they have a harvest and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have food for their, for their cattle. They're going to have enough food for the winter for their cattle and, and for their livestock. And, it, and it's all harvested and put away. You know, it's wonderful. And all they did was sow a few bags of seed. And now they have enough harvest to fill silos and pits and you know, for all the feed for their cattle and, and, and hogs or whatever they're growing, they've got enough feed for them for the winter, clear till the next spring and summer. You think, wow, 
What a great thing. Well, they planted it. God knew there was a harvest, but they, haven't, they didn't reach there until now. Same thing is going on in our life. We're going to continue to reap the harvest. We're going to reach the times in which the harvest is coming into our lives because we've been faithful in sowing the seed. We've been faithful to sow the seed that God has given to us and we've put it into the lives of others. It is not wrong to reap a harvest. It's not wrong for the farmer. Can you imagine the farmer saying, well, you know, I only planted about maybe 15 or 20 bags of, of corn. I'm only going to go out and get 15 or 20 bags and I'll just let the rest there. What's that? That's not a harvest. That's a denial of God's blessing. That's a denial of what God intended your planting to be. So the, the farmer will go out, he'll plant bags of corn, and he'll come back with truckloads of harvest. He'll come back with silos full of harvest and pits full of harvest. You know, it's all because they planted a few bags and they watched it grow all summer. God is preparing us to come into a harvest because we've been faithful to sow the seed. And he who is rich in mercy has not withheld any of that mercy from us. God who is rich in grace has not withheld any of that rich grace from us. You know, and some of us have even had fertilizers built all over us. <laughs> you know what fertilizer is, don't you? It's manure. And anyhow, <laughs> you know, and it's just that kind of stuff, that stinky stuff that we've had to just get out of our lives and oversee it and let it go, wash it off and keep going on because we're going to come into a harvest and the fertilizer is there to make the harvest grow because we did the right things for the right reasons and for ourselves and other people. This is a new beginning. It's a turnaround in our faith. It's not a turnaround, it's an ever-increasing of our faith. It's, a, it's recognizing that we've always talked about a harvest, always talk about planting, always talk about sowing, but you see, now is a time in which the sowing has been done and the planting and the harvest, it's growing and it's growing, and we're going to reap a harvest. So in the harvest, what are we going to do? We're going to take what we have that God has deposited in our lives and we're going to make deposits in other people. We're going to make deposits in other people. No strings attached. Just deposits. Just deposits. Wow, you know, you look good today. Well, you know, God has a plan for your life. You know, we missed you in church. You know, we are praying for you. I've been thinking about you. And you've been on my mind. I wanted to call you. I wanted to say hello. I wanted to pray for you. You see, God has a way of working this into our lives through the ordinary effects of everyday life. The ordinary impact of everyday life that has an eternal reward. The ordinary deposits of, you know what, it's good to see you. I've been thinking about you. Just showing up, <laughs> talking to someone, doing good for someone, somebody you don't even know making a deposit you know it's not a big thing it's not it's not earth moving it's not earth shattering it's just seeing something and making a positive remark making a positive comment 
So you see, we are, he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We didn't get here because we're so good. <laughs> you know? God, I know I am good in your eyes. No, it's by grace. In his eyes, I am good. But it is, it's by his grace that I've gotten here. And you see... Um, it is by grace you have been saved. And, and God raised up, we find in the next verse, verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And God raised us up with him, with Christ. If you were seated next to the throne of Christ, What would that be like? Here we are, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and I'm his best friend. You see, each of us are his best friends. <laughs> yeah, I like this one. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. <laughs> if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. And he, he has this picture of us. We're, we're his favorite child. Each one of us sit in that place of favorite. He gives to us his undivided attention. He showers us with his blessings. He gives to us his wisdom and his understanding and his grace and his mercy and blesses us with hope for tomorrow. Here we are in this place, in this position of power and of influence. And in this place of power and influence, the devil is afraid, scared to death, that we might recognize who we are. <laughs> if evil can get us to back off from believing and making deposits in people's lives, that we're somehow not good enough to be in this place if we can believe those lies, the devil has defeated us from giving. Now, he, he's already given up on us being in that place, of that privileged position, because he can't take us from the hand of God. He can't remove us unless we try to jump out and all that kind of stuff. But he has us there. God has us there. He has deposited these things into our lives, into our minds and our hearts. He has brought the, the people that are around your life are there for a purpose. They're not only there to be gifts to you, but you to be gifts to them. And so in this gifting, in this place of gifting, we are going to make deposits and we are going to do good things for these people and draw their attention to God. Because God is the one who's deposited in our life and we are making deposits in others. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. So what does God want to do? He wants to show the in, uh, incomparable riches of his grace. Now, I don't know what riches look like, but you have them. We have them. We, we need to recognize that we have the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness. It's in his kindness and his love. You know, the other day, I, I, I struggle sometimes with my um, 
emotions, getting angry or not angry, just upset. Maybe Rhonda will say angry, but she's probably right. But I struggle with these things, and I need to tell myself, be kind. You know, sometimes I'm not listening, but be kind. <laughs> just be kind. And, and you know, I don't know why. I, I think I know why. I've you know, kind of fried myself with emotions and stuff uh, with all the things that I do, and that, that's my excuse. But I need to remind myself because God hasn't placed me there to make deposits in other people's lives only to be unkind in my daily living with my wife and other people. He hasn't deposited all these things in me to be unkind. He has deposited these in my life to be kind. And that in the kindness that we live our life, we're making deposits. We're helping. We're giving people a chance to see God at work. Because inside of each of us is incomparable riches. Inside of you are riches beyond your wildest dream. Inside of us are the glories of God and the riches of his kingdom, the richness of his kingdom and the richness of his blessings. And I mean, they're all inside of us. It's like looking into a, um, uh, perhaps a cave that's just filled with gold and treasures of present and past. And it's just gold everywhere. It's beautiful. And God says, this is mine but I've given you access to it all. Give it away. Give it away. Deposit it in people's lives and tell them who it's from. It's from God. It's a gift to you. That God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for where you're, why you're here. He has a purpose for where you're going. We have bright hope for tomorrow, and it's all begun today. And you wake up tomorrow, and what are you going to say? It's a new day. It's begun again. And every day it's begun, begun again. Be kind, tenderhearted, loving mercies to one another. Be kind. And he says, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We've gotten it from Jesus. We didn't, this didn't just come from, you know, fall out of the sky and hit us on the head. It came from Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. We recognize that God has given this to us. And this is where we stand, by grace. And we receive all these things through grace. And this not for yourselves. It's a gift from God. Not by works, so that we can boast about what we've accomplished. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has already prepared in advance things that we need to do, and he has given us all of the talents and abilities and things that we need for what comes into our life. Every, 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 everything that comes into our life, God has already given to us what we need to meet that every. Everything. Everything. Everything that comes to our life, God has already given us the provisions for it. Amen? It's a new day. It's a new beginning. It's a new life. And guess when it started? Today. 
this very moment, it's begun again and again and again. And God never tires, becomes weary, because it's his treasure. And he just gives us access to it to use for our lives and to deposit, to deposit into the lives of others. Every day, every moment of every day, for everything, for every reason. <laughs> Amen. Shall we stand? <laughs> the key word today is every. <laughs> Everything, God has a plan and a purpose. Every person, God has a blessing. Everything that comes up in our life, there is something already there to meet it. Everything is as it should be. And God will do a work in and through us. Amen? Thank you, Father. Everything works together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Every promise in the Bible belongs to us. Every situation, you have given an answer. To every problem, you've given wisdom for a solution. To every person, you have provided salvation and forgiveness. Thank you, God, that we are part of your everyone. Amen? God bless you. Turn to someone and say, everyone. <laughs>